Welcome to Box Press Radio. I'm Dan. And I'm Zach. And it was a snow day today. Actually, my second snow day in a row. <laughs> you guys have been getting quite a bit out there, yeah? Yeah, we got we got a little bit of a snowstorm. Um, most of it went south of us. We got like 10 to 11 inches of snow. Um, but not not like the 15 plus inches they got down near Indianapolis. So... Um, the kids have a two hour delay tomorrow for school because of the cold and like the county roads still aren't clear. Um, but like we went out today and the roads were pretty bad still. Apparently like half the trucks are out for like damage and maintenance because they just hadn't been run all year. So they weren't really like kept up and they just immediately all broke. So... Basically, during the whole snowstorm, we had, like, one snowplow out trying to clear roads and just failing miserably. So, yeah, the roads are still pretty much garbage. So, we've just stayed home and played video games. Um, So, this is, like, the... I think this is the fourth time in eight years that the library has closed um, for weather. So, I'm I'm glad to be a part of that because we got paid for it. At least you guys get the actual weather, though. Yeah. Like, I don't even I don't even know if we're going to get much. Like, it's hard to tell where the storm is right now if we're mostly just going to get some, like, cold rain or if we're actually even going to get snow and how much. Well, and that was but the like, thing that screwed us over was it rained, like, half an inch and then it froze. Um, but, but the other problem is, like, we're just never prepared for snow for some reason. Like... It's not that far from here, the part of 95 that, uh, you know, everyone got stuck for like 24 hours before they could get anyone to come in and start moving the traffic. And they're like, oh, it's because of the snow. I'm like, it didn't even snow that bad. Right. They just didn't know what to do with it. Like, we've had worse. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I was excited to have a, a couple of snow days, like... I don't think they actually needed to close today. I think they just kind of like were told to sort of thing. Um, yeah. Cause like the one issue we would have run into was like, there's legit nowhere to park. Um, like they didn't really move any of the snow that the plows had like piled up where we all park because we all have to park on the street for the library. Um, which I, I can't wrap my head around. Like they built this massive library and there's no parking. Like, why though? So, see, they always build our libraries with, or at least the ones I I grew up going to, with a ton of parking, which always yeah. seemed kind of ridiculous because, like, every time, even for events, like every time I go to the library, you know, there'd be like ten, twenty cars tops, like on a really busy day, and I'm looking over like 10 empty lanes down at the far end of the parking lot. Like who were they expecting? Like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, like we're, we're a pretty big library. We have eight branches. Um, and the main library is massive. And we have like, we have pretty popular events. Like we'll have, you know, 40, 50 
sometimes a hundred people come to a big event. Um, and there's literally like six parking spots. So, wow. Yeah. So ours have too many and that's way too few. Six is like, yeah, if it's a big enough library, six is the employees. Like, yeah, no, we, we're not allowed (laughs) to park in that lot and they're, they're actually building a parking lot, but they're only going to let like six employees park in it. And it's like, well, then why are you bothering? Like, your employees have nowhere to park, and it's like two-hour parking, so people have to move their cars every two hours. It's a disaster. But anyway, we got a lot of the video games to talk about. Yeah, I've been binging on a couple of them here pretty hard for the past couple of weeks. Same, same. It's It's been a good year for the video games so far. I think I'm just, I'm going, well, one of the ones I'm playing is new, but I've been going back and playing some of the older ones. One that I never really paid attention to, and now I can't stop playing it. Yeah. Um, so, I, I guess we'll, you want to start on that one? Yeah, yeah, let's start there. Um... So, I've been playing a bunch of Ark, which I don't know how old that game is now, but I know it's been out for several years at this point. Oh, it's been out a long time, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're about to make a second one, which I saw the trailer for, and they have an animated series come. They're both coming out this year, supposedly. Yeah, maybe. Um, But me and my girlfriend started playing it. uh, We were doing the co-op on PlayStation. I think originally I tried it on my PC, but I kept dying immediately, which was the reason I stopped playing it the first time. Um, that game has a really bad learning curve with no tutorial to speak of really at all. Yeah. It it is a nightmare to get started, but I gotta say, once you get like a few levels in and you start figuring out what you're doing, that game is incredibly like in depth with the amount of shit you can do. I was like, oh, this is like Minecraft, except they added all the things I wish Minecraft had. Yeah. So the funny thing about it is... It's so similar to Minecraft. It's like one of the most popular games for the kids YouTubers. So I've only experienced this through my seven-year-old. He will watch YouTubers play this game. And it's, of course, you know, they mod it and stuff. So they're doing things that he wouldn't be able to do in the base game because we have it on Xbox Game Pass. Oh, a lot of those mods are ridiculous as hell. You have things that legitimately could just be kind of helpful to just making everything anime. Yeah, I mean, like, they're <laughs> they're adding in different creatures and different weapons and vehicles and armor and, like, everything you can think of and, like, completely changing the game. And he's like, I want to do that. And I'm like, dude, you can't do that. They, it's like a heavily modded thing that we don't have, and it's really frustrating to get to work. And, like, it's not going to work the way you see in the YouTube video. And he gets really frustrated because he's like, well, why can't you do it? And I'm like, I probably could, but I don't want to spend hours of my life trying to make this thing work for you to play it for five minutes and hate it. So, like, I've only kind of experienced it in creative mode where you just go and get literally everything and anything you want. And he just kind of runs around with, like, high-end armor and weapons and murders dinosaurs. Um, but I've seen a lot of the, the YouTube videos passively where people are playing legitimately and like, they know every trick and every little thing. 
and I don't pay that close of attention because most of those YouTubers are absolutely infuriating to listen to and just want to scream all day long for some reason. I, I don't understand what it is about like these kids YouTubers that makes them think they need to scream every time literally anything happens. Oh, it's so frustrating. Well, I'll tell you, my experience so far has been... I think, like, the main priority of ARC is their servers, like, especially the official servers. Yeah. Um, and the whole game is really focused around making that work and working around that. And that's probably the biggest part of the game I don't give a flying fuck about. At all. I don't care really about creative mode, like, I get it, but I like just doing the single-player mode. And even if you change the settings to make single player a little more viable, which is what I've been doing, like you can still beat the game. Mm-hmm. But, like it just takes a really what long is, time. What does beat the game mean, by the way? I, I don't know. Like I guess I didn't realize there was an uh, an end or a a way to beat that game. I thought it was just like creative, but like more difficult, not in creative mode. Okay, so you understand the basics. Like, you, you start off with, like, nothing, and you have to literally build, like... Yeah, I know, thought it was just, like, a survival game. And, right, so it is. And with dinosaurs and taming and breeding and mutations and a whole bunch of other crap, um, when you get through and you start exploring the island more, there are different, like, caves you can go down, and you can fight, like, mini-bosses and get artifacts. And then you can use those artifacts to open up portals to fight bosses and then once you fight a certain number of bosses depending on the arc you uh will then be able to like upload yourself to one of the obelisks you see at the start of the game uh and transport that character to another arc and the idea is to beat all of the arcs Uh, okay and there's a bunch of them that are in a row that are in a story and there's collectibles and stuff you can find all around the maps um And, and the idea is you're supposed to build, like, a tribe, like, you and a couple of friends, and, like, all of you get together and spend time trying to beat each arc. Um, Interesting. And that's and that's kind of where the problems come, because I can, like I said, you can do it single player, but it just takes an incredibly long time. Uh, and it's hard to manage, because there's a lot of different things that you can do in that game. Like, the crafting is probably some of the most in-depth crafting of any game that I've ever seen. Um, And a lot of the things you think would work in the real world, like, you can just try them in ARC, and they generally work. It's pretty crazy. Uh, But because it's built to be done on the servers, if you're not playing with friends and whatnot, it it takes a while. It's kind of hard. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, So... I don't know. I've been trying I, to find so more people to play, but it's, I try. It's I tried to play a little bit of it with Titus, and I tried it on PC to see if I hated it less. Um, because I got it free from uh, Epic Game Store. It was one of their free games at some point. Yeah. Um, and like, I like the idea of that game. I, I like the general theory behind it and whatnot. I like survival games. Um, some though, like some I I like, some I don't. I'm a little bit picky about it. Um, but I, I really truly hate the feel of that game. Like the, you know, like that feel of like when you move the mouse and you run and jump and like the movement and weapons, I, I don't like the way that it feels to me. And the thing that really kills it, honestly, is the way the UI works. I just, I just want to punch myself in the face. 
every so, time I have to interact with the UI in that game. I, I understand what you mean. It's it's particularly bad on console. I prefer the PC version just for the menus and UI alone. Um, but everything has hockeys. So once I've started learning the hockeys, I'm like, oh, good. I get to skip like half of this, um, which makes it a lot more bearable. And the other thing, too, is the way it feels like I get real used to the movement pretty quickly. Um, the the issue comes more when you're doing melee, trying to hit something with a spear, trying to punch things that gets like relatively irritating. Yeah. Um, but as soon as you can, which is pretty early, I get the crossbow and then or I get the regular bow and then the crossbow. And there's never, ever a reason to mess with the awkward melee ever again. Oh, I mean, like, I use all guns. of the stuff. I, I tried all of the stuff. Um, but, like, I also didn't like the specificity of you've got a crossbow. You've got to go and find your crossbow ammo. And, like, specific, like, uh, diameter rounds uh, for guns. And, like, it was just, like, it was more than I really cared to deal with in a survival game. Um, so like, it, when, when you're playing it straight up single player, it's not that much of a problem because you unlock, you don't get everything all at once. You, you only unlock the ability to build a couple of new things every level. And then you get points that you can put into them. So a couple of levels in, you can't buy everything on that level. So you're trying to just discover. No, I, you know, I get like, that. I so, just, don't want to deal with that level of detail in a survival game. Like I, I understand having like assault rifle rounds and, you know, SMG rounds, but like don't have like four different versions of each one. Well, um, there's not that many. There's only a couple in the game without mods or any of the extra stuff. Like there's only like, I think four different types of ammo and a couple of guns. Well, and the other issue I ran into that I realized I didn't care for was the way the dinosaur taming went. Um, I was not a fan of that process. And, like, I, I hate to sound super negative about everything, but, like, I literally hated everything about that game. Other than, like, the you, way it looks. What did you just like about the taming process? It was just like, oh, so I beat it up and then feed it something and it's my friend now. It was just like, this is frustrating. It doesn't make any sense. Like it, it was just, it was on it. It just felt weird. It didn't make sense. And I didn't think it was fun either. No, it, it is. It just weird. missed like every single checkbox for me. It didn't even like tick one box. It is weird and it doesn't really make sense, but like on my, my main single player right now, I went around and made a couple of different bases, like small little places I could fast travel to just so I could build bases and other places around the map. Uh, oh, different is, area codes. When <laughs> when you fast travel, you drop everything, so you have to like unequip everything before you fast travel. Which oh, means I, I, I hate that. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a nightmare to get around for sure. So when I went to a new area, even though I was a high level, I still had to like start from scratch because I didn't have any resources or anything. Yeah. So you know, now that I already know what I need. I was going through and building like the the better items, the base that I needed with all the stuff I needed inside. And 
honestly, up until I started getting like bolas, traps, and uh, and trank arrows, I didn't even fuck with dinosaurs. Like I don't, I don't bother to capture anything because if I have to use that stupid club, um, and try to follow them around and punch them to death and all, no, it's a goddamn nightmare. It, that that sucks. That sucks real hard. Until you get the appropriate items, it's almost not even worth trying to tame anything. Unless you really want a dodo for some fucking reason. <laughs> like... Yeah, well, and I mean, for me, that was kind of like the appeal of the game. Was like, oh, you get to train dinosaurs and, um, you know, build stuff. But, like, I just... It, it's not for me. Yeah, that's fair. It, it, it's that's... cool. It looks neat, but, like... As far as like playing it goes, I was like, I don't like any of this. See, um, I had to, I I had to figure it out piece by piece. I really hated it at first, and then the more that I got into it, the more that I liked it. It was like once I finally I gave up on dinosaurs for a while, and then once I got the tools that I needed for it, then I have like thirty dinosaurs or something already, and I'm not even being serious about it yet. It's just me walking around and going, "Oh, I want that. Oh, I want one of those. Oh, I want one of those too." <laughs> yeah. I, I really think what was missing for me is you don't throw a ball at it and capture it. Actually, that also exists in the game. <laughs> that, oh, really? That is, Yeah, that is also an option. I have literally been playing some of it on single player like Pokemon, where I'll get like one of them to ride and then like capture four others and then just go as far inland as I can and just have them all protect me. I'm like, this, this is my Pokemon team. I mean, you can level them up and everything. So there, There's no Pokeball, though. There is Pokeball. I haven't gotten to it yet, but there is Pokeball. Hmm. Interesting. You have to, it's one of the end game things because you got to get like special technology and shit to make it function. But yeah, nope, it's there. Hmm. I never, I never saw that in the creative mode. Maybe that's like a DLC thing. It's called something stupid. It's like a tech cryopod or something like that. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't look for it obviously, but I never noticed anything like that. Um, See, I unlocked it, and I had it there for a while, and I eventually was just watching a YouTube video. It was like, oh, and that's what these do. And I'm like, well, how come nobody ever fucking talks about that? Because it's dope as shit. <laughs> yeah, that seems like that would be a main draw for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, no, people, because people, it's mostly used, I guess they're like single use. Uh, um, and people use them for storage. So it's just so you can bring all of your dinosaurs inside the base and put them inside a well-secured area where they won't get destroyed. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So have you beaten it? I've fought a boss. I've, I don't have any artifacts. Um, we did find one artifact on the co-op game we were doing on PlayStation. The PlayStation has this problem... Kind of two issues. One of them makes sense. It's just a little irritating, which is they have the tethering. So because it was my world, if I went too much in one direction, um, Bailey just they we would just like push her more towards me. Oh yeah. Which it's a pretty big game with a lot of stuff to do, so that it's workable, but it's upsetting. Um, yeah. And it's a it's a big enough space. Like they give you some room, but it wasn't always enough. The other one is there's, like, really bad input lag with the menus in particular. Well, that's a big so, problem. Well, especially since you need to use a menu, like, constantly in that game for, like, everything. 
Right. Uh, well, and that was that was my biggest beef with it. I was just like, I really fucking hate this menu system. And then it's like literally half of you playing the game. Yeah. And that's that's why the hotkeys are good, because I'm just like, I want to cut down on this as much as possible. On PlayStation, there's no hotkeys. Right. And well, and I, I mostly course, played it on Xbox, so. Right. And so you have to, like, you know, individually move around. It just everything takes for fucking ever. And sometimes, I don't know how it was for you on Xbox, if I would move from, like, you would have two menus next to each other, and I'd move from one to the other, and it just kind of teleported my cursor to random places on the screen that didn't really make any sense. Yeah. I it's, it's still a good game on console, but navigating the menus is much more of a pain in the ass Yeah, than playing on PC, for sure. Well, and then, like, the fact that, you know, so to go back to ammunition again, or armor, when you go to the tab for armor, and then it nests other, like, specific types of armor within that, so you get, like, sub-menus, and it's really frustrating to navigate through. Um, and then the other beef I had with it was, um, like, the crafting tab and your inventory tab. It was just really clunky the way that you go between those things to do stuff for us. I'm guess, it, it was I'm just frustrating. You haven't played this in a while, right? Uh, probably like a month. Oh, okay. I was about to say they did updates. There wasn't really subtabs or anything <clears throat> for armor that I remember. Well, maybe it might have been because we were in creative. Because like, if you wanted ammo, you'd have to go through like three subtabs. Like you know, it would like nest different types of armor. And they wouldn't oh. be organized well, so you'd be like searching through like pages. Was it of shit. like, was it like Mastercraft and primitive armor and all that shit like that? Because there's uh, there was like metal armor, like leather armor, like those different well, kinds. Yeah, well, so because I know in the game, I've only just started figuring this out. So you have crafting skill, which everyone on YouTube has told us to ignore, and we do. But if your crafting skill is better, when you make shit, it will be better quality. Which, like... Well, I assume everything we had was perfect quality in creative mode. Well, unless you could select multiples. So you could have had, like... No, it was, like, one of each. Primitive, and then cloth shirt, superior cloth shirt. No, it was, it was just, like, all the different kinds. Gotcha. Yeah, I know they got, like, the cloth hide, ghillie suit, fur, metal. Yeah, that's what it was. And there's, like, one or two more. I don't there's know tech armor. Yeah, the tech the tech armor looks pretty neat. I can't wait to get to that. Um, but like Titus mostly just ran around killing things with a shotgun. I gotta tell you, the way that game evolves though, as you level up, is kind of neat. Oh, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, like it's it's got some cool things about it. Well, but like, the... if I'm gonna play a survival game, like I've got a few other ones I just enjoy the the play style of more. Well, the one that we would like to play that we're having trouble with at the moment because we can't split screen it and we can't cross play is the forest. Yeah. Um, I haven't really had a chance to play that one yet, but that one looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, and for me, I guess I play all of these solo, like um, me and Titus had a lot of fun with Subnautica. That was fun. That one also looks really good. Yeah. That's that, just, one. that one is really good. I, I really strongly recommend that. And you can also beat that game. Um, but no, there's there's quite a few good survival games. Uh, that medieval dynasty I enjoy. Uh, Valheim is pretty cool. Um, I did try uh, Seven Days to Die. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Um it was all right. Um, I really I really Raft is another one that's there. actually super fun. Raft looks super fun, yeah. Yeah, it's it's you know kind of kiddy looking, but it's it's got a pretty cool uh just system it's it's pretty basic really but you can do quite a bit in there that um, game looks like a game that'd be better for more people though that doesn't look like a good single player game well like me and titus play together sure yeah i can see that um because like i can just let him go play in creative mode and he can just kind of like build and do whatever he wants but like if you're gonna actually play and like figure shit out it's actually kind of difficult um that's another game where they could probably like give you a little bit more information um but also it you know watch a youtube video for 20 minutes and you'll know everything you need to know for the most part well that's been that's been my problem with arc because they're the more you play the more you realize just how much shit you can do in that game yeah but some of the ways you almost have to kind of like like all the pieces have rules and you have to find the loopholes and the rules to make things work properly. And you can just spend, I swear to God, like hundreds of hours on YouTube trying to figure some of this shit out. Yeah. Oh my God. I like, it's a one, some point it's fun. On the other point is I don't want to watch another 20 minute video to learn how to do this. Holy shit. I mean, Titus has probably watched like a hundred hours of YouTube videos of that game. Like, I know there was one he watched that was just, like, a three-hour stream um, of somebody playing through most of that game. Like, it, I I just don't understand. Um, well, we had, we had one where we, we were trying to figure out how to go explore new places, but, like, it's hard to go very far from your base or whatever because you're just going to get destroyed, and if you pick up something good, you don't want to lose it. Right. So we watched a video and I ended up turning a raft into like a floating tank with all of our base equipment inside and we just went around the whole map gathering shit. Um, the way that you have to manipulate the rules to make that work, it's like you have to put a post here and then a ceiling here and then put a wall here and delete these two things and put another post here and that artificially moves it down without breaking the game and I'm just like, Okay. Oh, like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Eight more times until it's flat level with the surface, and I'm like, dude, this is ridiculous. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're basically manipulating the physics of the game to make invisible walls. But it also seems like the developer leaned into it. Oh, I'm sure they did. And I know I just really like it when companies instead of going like no, we're going to stop this from working because that's not what we intended. Or it's still like, you know what? We see what you're doing and we'll make it easier. <laughs> you know what's funny about that is that's... So you've played Warframe and that's yeah. literally how Warframe became what it is. So it didn't used to have the crazy movement, but people figured out they could turn their weapons into basically a helicopter and they would fly across the map to basically play the way that we do now. And the developers were like, okay, this is actually too much fun. We need to actually build this into the game. I think that's Which, probably that's brilliant. why... I think that's actually probably why I disliked Warframe back when I was playing it. Because I know I haven't played since they've made any of the crazy updates they made like a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, but 
the whole time we'd be going through these really long levels where I'm like, why is any of this here? Right. Like, from like level one, you can just dash past the entire fucking level till the end. And then it's like, you having fun? I'm like, we didn't do anything. Like, I don't. All the enemies <laughs> die with one hit, and we flew to the end. I'm not really sure. Yeah, like, are it... we playing Sonic? What is this? And it makes sense that it, if it was not designed to be played that way, because it didn't feel like it was designed. Well, to it be originally that wasn't, but then that it was. Like, I mean, like literally, like alpha builds of the game is when that happened. So it, it's a core part of the original game. Um, gotcha. But also, I guess, like maybe try that out again because they've changed it quite a bit. Um, I wouldn't say they necessarily slowed it down, but they made it work differently. So you actually take some time and kill things now. I didn't mind it being fast. That was a lot of fun. I hundred percent agree well, with that. Like, and the, the movement in that the game difference is, is the, the difference is now they gave you like big open world zones, so you can actually like move fast and like you get a jetpack and everything, um, and you can like super move fast and then find like a group of enemies that you want to fight or a base camp you want to go and take down um, or a mini boss you want to fight or a real boss you want to fight. And you can kind of like zoom over there on your hoverboard or your jetpack, um, And all the other stuff is still there too. So yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. They've, they've changed that game a lot. You should maybe check that out again. It's very different yeah. now. I know they've changed it. I keep saying I'm going to go back and try it eventually, and eventually yeah. I will. It's free. I mean, it'll be there. So um, so tell me about this uh, this Pokemon game you've been playing. So I'm curious. I'm going to... I'll just say off the bat, I really like it. There's yeah. some things I really don't like about it, but overall, I'm really excited that they made this game, and I hope they make a bunch more in the style. So I'm curious though, like you haven't played it. So what kind of questions do you have about it? Um, I mean, I didn't even look at most of the trailer stuff, to be honest. I, I, I don't know. I guess I don't understand what's the point of it. Like, how do you, do you, ca do you catch your stuff? Yes. Or do you just but, like tame it? Like, how does it work? Nope. There are, there are some wooden ass looking pokeballs in this game that you craft out of berries and metal. Okay, besides all the obvious questions of that absolutely wouldn't work and doesn't make any sense, um, fucking, would do, I guess there's no Pokemon centers or anything, right? Like, how do you... There's no... Okay, so so here's here's the basic setup. So, you're from the future. You are familiar. You are a Pokemon trainer in current-gen Pokemon. You fall through a portal rift thing... And you travel back in time to the Hisue region when Pokemon were dangerous and terrifying creatures that were a threat to humanity. Um, they were not friends with Pokemon. And <clears throat> basically, like, people are, like, encroaching on the natural habitat of Pokemon and fighting with them. Um, and they're generally terrified of them. And you are basically, like, scooped up and inserted into this, like, research camp where they're trying to find things out about Pokemon to use to their advantage to not get murdered by them, essentially. And, like, 
there's like whole teams of people going out and getting just fucking destroyed by a Pokemon. Um, and like people dying and shit. Like it's, it's different. Um, but like how, how mature do the teams get? So there's no, there's no like visuals of like any of that violence happening. Um, but this is the first Pokemon game where the Pokemon will ignore your Pokemon and attack you. Um, okay. So if you like, basically you take a few hits and your screen starts flashing red. If you take another big hit, you pass out and you drop some of your items and you don't get them back until another player discovers them in the world and can get points for sending you back your items. It's weird, but all right. Okay. Yeah. I, I have not yet fainted in the game. I'm proud to say. Um, so what's the overall. So there's no Pokemon centers um, to answer your previous question. There's just like base camps. Um, you craft all the same potions, revives, all that sort of thing. There's EXP candies to feed your Pokemon. Um, you craft your Pokeballs out of different types of stones. So you can get like an arrow. What is it called? Like a, a feather ball or an aerial ball or something. And you can throw that shit in a straight line really far to catch like Pokemon that are flying in the air. So like early on, you might encounter like a Gyarados just flying around in a void that you can't get to. Um, and like the key to that is, Oh, you need to craft a certain Pokeball to catch it because it's too far to reach otherwise. So Um, do you need to fight them? So the other cool thing is like some of them. Yeah. So basically the idea is you want to complete a Pokedex as every other game is, but in this case, to complete the Pokedex, like, let's say it's a Pidgey, which isn't in this game. Um, in, in order, or let's say an Onyx, because Onyx is in the game. You need to catch, I think it's like 25 Onyx without being seen. So, like, you can creep up in the tall grass and throw a Pokeball at it and capture it without it ever seeing you. Um, and then... So that's one objective, like, you know, catch one, three, five, ten, twenty, twenty-five Onyx without it seeing you is an objective. Like, that's the one that pretty much exists for every Pokemon, is catch a shitload of them. And then there is other things like feed it a berry and observe this many times. Uh, witness it use this move. Um, defeat it in battle with a Pokemon that's super effective against that type so there's a bunch of different objectives to complete in the pokedex not just capture it or see it so that's the other one how do the battles work so you select your pokemon with like the um right and left bumper and then the x button switches from pokemon to items and then so when you have pokemon selected you hit the right trigger and you aim it and you throw the pokeball uh think like a fishing game like you aim it and you like toss it out there yeah. Um, and then the Pokemon pops out of the ball. And if you like hit a Pokemon in the back of the head with your Pokeball with a Pokemon in it, that's like you get to go first and they are stunned for a turn. Um, so when you're capturing like super strong Pokemon, that's like a super important tactic. Um, you can use other items to kind of like debuff them before the battle starts and things like that. You throw it at them like Pokemon Snap kind of, you know? Yeah. Um, Pokemon pops out and it's a regular Pokemon battle. 
and there's like a turn order. Did you pull it, play like a Bravely Default or anything like that? No. So you can use a basic move the way it is, and the more you use the Pokemon, the more you master their moveset. So once you've mastered a move, you can use the Agile version of it, which might let you take an extra turn. Um, and then there's the strong version of it, which will hit harder or have a better chance of applying like sleep or poison, but they might get to take an extra turn. And it's got a little thing that shows you like who takes a turn in what order, like a JRPG. Huh. So that sounds, uh, sort of similar to, uh, Octopath. Yeah. It, it's a similar style to that. That might have been what I meant instead of uh, Bravely Default, but that might have it too. I don't remember. But yeah, I, I think the battles are fine. Um, if anything, the Pokemon that you fight hit way harder. Um, like, I've gone and fought, like, level 15 Pokemon with, like, level 25 Pokemon and nearly been one-shotted by something that's just, like, not super effective um, because they got a crit and it was just, like, a basic attack. Um, but likewise, I've caught like level 50 Pokemon with level 20 Pokemon because I was able to debuff them and, um, you know, weaken them enough to catch them. So, yeah. um, there are different Pokeballs that like give you different benefits, like for catching a Pokemon that hasn't seen you, uh, Pokemon that have their back turned. There's the usual Pokeball, Great Ball, Ultra Ball, um, all that sort of thing. Um... Yeah, you can change out Pokemon pretty much on the fly. Um, they have PP, so, you know, you can use Flamethrower ten times. Um, they look really, really cool. Um, so that's the one thing. The Pokemon look really good in the game. The environment looks like trash. Things popping in and out of the world. Uh, the textures so are terrible. The, the open world of, like, Sword and Shield kind of thing it, yeah yeah they are walking around and um they they interact with each other you can throw food out and they'll go to it um like it's 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 an open world pokemon game like it really is the thing that everybody's been like oh wouldn't it be cool um the problem is it looks like modern gen pokemon stuck into a xbox 360 era graphics world it's like the pokemon traveled back in time with you into a a past era um it's very uh it, it also has boss fights so there's no gym leaders there's no gyms there's no uh elite four like pokemon trainers are very rare there's very few pokemon trainer battles um so is there an antagonist? Um, not really. <coughs> I mean, it might do the sword and shield thing where, like, there's not really a clear antagonist until the last five minutes of the game for some reason. So there's somebody that's kind of suspicious, and I don't want to spoil anything, that might be, like, you know, an antagonist. But, like, it's more of, like, the friendly com competitor sort of deal. Um, and they like give you items here and there and they're not really like super mean or anything. They're just like, Hey, let's see how you're doing. How strong are you? Um, and they're considerably stronger than most of the Pokemon you're encountering at the levels you encounter that trainer at. 
So, but really, like, I've beaten two of what appears to be four major bosses, and I've only had maybe, like, six trainer battles, and they've all been one or two Pokemon that are pretty weak. Um, I've one-shotted all of them. I gotta say, I'm I'm not super happy with how they've just been, like, neutering bad guys in, in Pokemon games. Yeah, so like, this one's not really, like, about battles. It's more about, like, just capturing Pokemon and doing the Pokedex thing. Um, there's a big shiny thing in this game. There's, like, a whole gameplay loop for it. Um, I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean, the game sounds good, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, it's, to it's to fun to play. It, it is enjoyable to play the game. I don't know. I I got kind of burnt after, like, Sword and Shield and even, like, Sun and Moon, where, like, the bad guys aren't even, like, that bad. Like, the best you get is, like, oh, they're, like, a little misunderstood or something. Or, like, right. I don't know. We just are mad about things. Can yeah. you help us be less mad? And I'm like, what about the original generation where it was, like, oh, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm figuring out how to use this new piece of Pokeball technology. Oh, really? What for? Oh, slavery. Right. <laughs> okay. Well. well, and that's that's a big theme in this game as well, is, like, there's a whole group that... There's basically like different clans of like uh, people and they all have kind of different views on Pokemon. One is like, you know, let's figure out how to capture them and make them be our bitch. There's one that's like, they're majestic and we worship them. And then there's one that's like, you know, kind of just like, we're just trying to make it out here, man. It's, it's rough in these here parts. Um, and that's kind of the one you're kind of like, in that one, but you're like part of their research group. And there's this like kindly old professor that kind of like shows up at all the major things. And basically he's the one that like rates your Pokedex. Um, and to move on to the new regions, you have to like capture or complete so much of the Pokedex to get a star rating. Um, and then there are boss fights with Pokemon. Like I'm pretty sure everybody's seen them at some point they're like in the trailers and such where they're like glowing yellow. Um, and it's a boss fight with a totally different mechanic. So you basically get an unlimited supply of these bags of powder that you chuck at the enemy Pokemon. And it's like kind of monster huntery where you like have to time the dodge for these big attacks and like your, your little bags of cocaine or whatever you're throwing at them chip down a little bit of this giant health bar. And every time you hit like a third of that health bar, um, you can toss a Pokemon out at it and fight it. So like, if you have a really strong Pokemon, you can one shot it, even though it's a boss, but you still have to go through the mechanic of chucking the bags of powder at it. Um, and it, it's different. Like, I, I don't think it's particularly difficult, but it was, it's a nice change of pace, I guess. Um, it, it's something other than what you're doing the rest of the time you're playing the game, which I appreciate. So yeah, it, it's, it's fine. It's not great, but they're interesting Pokemon. There are new Pokemon that you encounter that are bosses, which is pretty cool. Um, Gengar is massive by the way. Um, yeah, a lot of his, uh, artwork made it seem like that would be the case. Yeah. He's like bigger than an Onyx. It's really weird for us that they grew up with a lot of them because we were just going off of like everything taking about the same amount of space on a like little pixel grid. 
like Gyarados and Onyx and stuff like that always kind of looked big to me in the old games. But like you assume Gengar would have been about the same size as Honor, which is not quite as big as I, I figured right? Gengar was like slightly smaller than a, a normal person. Yeah. Whereas like Haunter, I figured was like kind of a little smaller and pointier. And then Ghastly was just kind of like volleyball size. Right. Yeah. No, that's kind of what I always pictured. But like, it turns out according to this game, Ghastly is actually about the size of a person. Haunter is slightly bigger and Gengar is the size of a fucking bus. Gengar is a fucking like miniature mountain. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, he's like two refrigerators stacked on top of each other. <laughs> um like he's he's a chunky boy too. Um but no it, it's really cool to see the pokemon out in the wild. Um there's some some weirdness with like uh when you capture pokemon new ones appear. So like you'll kind of get that thing where an enemy spawns right on top of you and once an enemy pokemon sees you they either run away, they attack you, or they just kind of like feel. We'll just kind of like walk up to you and be like, Duh, what do I do? Hi. Um, and not give a shit that you exist. So um, there's also a new thing that they introduced called Alpha Pokemon, which will haunt your fucking dreams. Because it's basically every Pokemon in the game, but they'll be the size of a building. And they have glowing red eyes, like super bright red eyes. And so like, you'll see just like this enormous, uh, like Teddy Ursa walking around with bright red eyes and it sees you and just fucking charges you. Like any of those will charge you. That's what they do. Um, also, Oh, and typically you can't really catch those without battling them. And like, I've caught a few, like I caught my first one was, uh, I forget the name of it, but it's basically a giant, like bug, a big red bug with like, it's not a scyther, but it's got like the big, it's the evolved cricketot, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, Cricketune or something like that. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, so the first alpha Pokemon I encountered was that thing. And it was like level 35 and I was like level 12. My Pokemon were like level 12 and I was like, ah, fuck it. And I just like got in a fight with it, hit it once it knocked out a Pokemon, hit it again with the next Pokemon, got it down to half health, had like three Pokemon left and just took two turns, broke out of the Pokeball final Pokemon. It, you know, hits it, doesn't one shot it for some reason at, oh, it just skipped its turn. That's what it was. Threw a Pokeball at it, and it caught it. And that basically carried me through, like, half of the game. Um, nice. So, like, I keep catching Pokemon. Like, you know how it's like, oh, you got to complete X amount of objectives to be able to control level 30, 40, 50, etc.? Yeah. So I keep catching Pokemon that are, like, 45 when I can control up to level 30. Um, it's very, very easy to capture high level Pokemon in the game because the way the damage works is real wonky in this one. Um, sleep doesn't make it so that they for sure won't attack you by the way. 
it just like gives them a good chance of not attacking you the same as like paralysis um poison doesn't really work the same either it just like lowers stats and does a little damage at, at least that's what i think i'm sure i'm wrong um but like it, it works a little different but it's very fun to capture the pokemon um as far as shiny hunting goes basically there's a thing called outbreaks where like 12 of a pokemon will all show up in one area and every time you capture one or one runs away a new one appears up to like 30 or something and those new ones appearing can be a shiny so basically if you don't see a shiny show up you just reset the game and it keeps that state so you can go through it again um that's weird yeah so if you like accidentally like make it run away or something you can just reload the game and it'll be there again. So, right on. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a it sounds like a fun game. I'll have to check it out at some it, point. It's sure. really good. It's it's a good start for them. Like they did definitely need the, help with the graphics. Did you play the Shining Pearl, Brilliant Diamond, whatever? No, I, I have not. Um, I do want to mention one other thing real quick though, before we because we should probably move on. Like, there's not a whole lot more to say about it unless you have questions or whatever. Um, it is a fuck ton of dialogue, like hours of dialogue. Yeah. You had mentioned that there was uh, a massive amount. That's about the only thing I've been able to tell people so far. Yeah. It's obnoxious. And the story is not particularly intriguing. It's okay. But there are some interesting side quests. Um, like people will be like, Hey, I need a water Pokemon to help build these fields up. Do you have one that you can give me? Um, and stuff like that. And then there's another one where you, you know, this creepy girl shows up and asks you to go collect souls for this statue that she gives you. Um, and I know what happens with that, but I won't spoil it. Um, but there, there's some interesting side quests. There's mini games. Um, you know, there, there's more to do than just the, the Pokemon shit we're used to. So highly recommend. Um, Playing through the the Shining Pearl Brilliant Diamond so far, I I played a little bit of Platinum. I didn't play the original Diamond and Pearl. Yeah. Um, but it's it's been fun. A lot of people complain about the chibi graphics, and they look really stupid. Yeah, but, I'm not a fan of the style. But honestly, I wasn't a fan of the style of Diamond and Pearl or anything about that game. Um, the story's still not that interesting, and the characters are. I really genuinely hope they all died shortly after that game ends. But the actual mechanics of it, like, it's fun. It's just another Pokemon game. If you like the... Uh, what was the what were the last remakes they did? Ruby and Sapphire? Um, the Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, I think, was the last one. Oh, I don't if remember, you, probably. It, if you liked that style of remake, I mean, it's it's more of the same. They added a few extra things in there. The graphics are better. And it's got the more up-to-date, I don't know, algorithm, stats, whatever, I guess, Mm -hmm. they're used to, but uh, it feels more balanced. So it's hard hard to talk about that one because it is quite literally just a Pokemon Pokemon remake 10 years ago. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Uh, So what else have you been playing lately? Um... So I've been playing a bunch of Monster Hunter Rise again. Uh, It came out on PC. It's been out on Switch for like a year. But I decided to pick it up on 
uh, PC because... Which one is this? This isn't the RPG one. This is a different one. Right. So it's not Monster Hunter World. It's the more... It's the Switch one. It's... uh, This is the one that's supposed to be more like some of the older games. It's a little more similar to the older ones with the quality of life of World. Um, So it's the one with the wire bug where you can like zip around. You can ride the dog. Um, there's a free demo on steam. Uh, it's the one you couldn't get through the first, the first, uh, training mission for apparently. Oh yeah. No, I I couldn't. I had a hard time with that. It was just, it does the, it did the typical Japanese thing where I was like, this is too much and too long. And I don't know. It it didn't, it didn't hold my, those kind of games have trouble holding my attention long enough to get into them. So I think one thing that I've kind of learned about Monster Hunter is it's really easy to get like wrapped up into like farming a monster and feeling like you have to grind it out and fight the same one like 10 times. Um, When in reality, they really don't want you to do that. They actually really kind of encourage you to go and fight a bunch of monsters and then move on to a new harder set of monsters using a piece here and there from the monsters you fought. Um, and they do encourage that even more in Rise by giving you layered armor, which is like transmog or whatever. You make your character look the way you want and then put on whatever armor it doesn't look stupid. Um, so that helped with that for me. But it it gives you the option if you want to like complete all the weapons and armor for a particular monster. Um, but generally what you want to do is be like, oh, I'm going to play a character that needs crit. So I'm going to go and find different armor pieces that give me a crit bonus. Um, so it's, I, I feel like they just need to teach people a little bit better of like how to play that game and not hate it. Um, because also Rise feels a lot more like snappy and quick in comparison to World, which was real like kind of plotting and like, you know, had kind of that Dark Souls thing of, like, you got to time your attacks and dodges a little bit more. Um, whereas Rise has the wire bug, so you can kind of, like, fling your character across the screen um, and use your iframes to, you know, dodge through attacks and whatnot. Um, yeah, I guess I didn't, I didn't really care for that too much either. Um, I really want... I think what I really want out of that kind of game is some more, like, Double May Cry-style combat. I don't want the slow methodical crap. I don't want to worry about repositioning myself a bunch. This sounds frustrating. Like, I want to go beat the shit out of a fucking monster. Yeah, and I mean, like, you can kind of get that with, like, the dual blades, which you, like, kind of zoom around and beat the shit out of the monster, and when it attacks you, you can counterattack and, like, hit it a bunch. Um, But you're definitely going to be, like, repositioning yourself and dodging through attacks because you're generally trying to break parts of the monster, like break the horns off, break a leg and knock it down. Like you're, you're going to focus on a part of the monster. Generally speaking, if you want to not be frustrated because it just keeps attacking you. Um, so like, yeah, like if you're looking for devil may cry, um, you know, it, it, it's not the genre for you. Um, it's just not what it's trying to be. So, um, it's meant to be a little bit more, uh, tactical and timing based. Like it's a very timing heavy game. So 
but they they did do a, a lot of cool stuff with the graphics they added a bunch of different like filters to make you know if you want it to be black and white uh sepia they have like a red shows up and everything else is kind of like different grays and blacks and beiges which is kind of cool looking um you know they just added a bunch of extra features and it runs really 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 well on a pc um the multiplayer stuff works a lot better than it did in world um there's a ton of monsters a ton of really cool weapons you have dogs and cats in this one and they do different things um the other big thing is you can ride the enemy monsters and use them to attack the other ones which is kind of cool that's pretty cool um but yeah it's it's been a lot of fun i've i've been playing the hammer again it's it's kind of my usual go-to but i also tried out the hunting horn which is like a giant set of bagpipes that's also like a giant hammer so you'll smack the monster in the face a few times and spin around and then like play a song and buff everybody um so that's kind of fun it's one of the stronger weapons in the game and then uh, the hammer is a lot of fun because you can kind of like send yourself spinning up in the air like a big wheel of death um <laughs> and like knock the monsters out and shit like that um it, it's pretty fun I, i've been having a really good time with it you can send your uh cats your palicos in a submarine to go and uh collect items from faraway places for you um just there's a lot of like kind of goofy shit there's also an owl that you're friends with um that will take pictures like it's your camera that you can fly around and get photos which is kind of neat um it has a lot of personality the characters are kind of cool um that being said there's one thing about that game that i fucking hate so much yeah what's up? um it's basically a tower defense scenario so like you have this gate and then there's like two or three gates behind that one and at each area like in front of the first gate you set up uh like turrets like ballista and then like cannons and eventually you unlock artillery um you can put bombs down um and basically the idea is like this it's called rampage and just like you know 10 monsters will rush the gate and you have to use these weapons to repel the waves of monsters until a big boss monster shows up and then you have to repel that one um and it's like a shitty tower defense that's super not fun to play that sounds not fun um to the point where that that's actually what killed the game for me on switch it got to the point where i was like i just don't want to do this to progress the game into the end game and i just stopped because i was like i'll just play it on pc when it's easier to get people to play and help out um because on the switch like nintendo doesn't know how to use the internet unfortunately oh no it's it's terrible even animal crossing is a pain in the ass sometimes it's just yeah, it, they, it just they doesn't don't know well. how to set that up. No. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the one thing I hate about that game. Um, otherwise, there's a lot of cool boss fights. There's a lot of cool monsters that you've seen before. A lot of monsters from really, really long time ago that are still very cool. Um, but yeah, it, if you like that style of game, it's a really good one of those. I've seen a ton of people on Twitch streams asking, like, hey... 
if I played Monster Hunter World, should I just not bother with this one because it's like the older games? And it's like, no, it's a totally different game. You absolutely should play it if you spent 500 hours in Monster Hunter World. Like, why didn't you just buy it? Um, yeah, apparently like everybody thinks, yeah, like people are like, oh, I played like 100 hours of World, but I thought this was just like the same thing, but on Switch. And it's like, no, it's it plays totally different. It feels different, looks different. Like the only similar thing is you fight the monsters um, a little bit differently. Like you have some different tactics, um, but yeah, it's really cool. I, I highly recommend it if you're interested in trying out a Monster Hunter game. Um, but also, World is a very good game too. Like if you just want to try Monster Hunter out cheaply, you can get World for like ten bucks now or free if you have Game Pass. So. I mean, once once again, that wasn't my style of game. But even though that whole genre isn't really my thing, I mean, I had a decent time with World. World World was pretty solid, even if you're not and it super great. familiar. If you're not even super familiar with that genre of game, I think World's probably a good place to start. It, it's definitely the place to start because it is the most starter friendly. Um, well, that or I mean, within the franchise, sure. I think Dauntless was also a pretty good. Uh, Dauntless is good. They kind of fucked that game up, though. Um, They changed it so that you don't just, like, go fight a monster anymore. You go to an island with, like, four or five other people. And you just kind of, like, run around and they spawn and you murder them quickly. To the point where, like, you just jump in and there's, like, a bunch of high-level people in there. And they just kill everything within, like, 30 seconds. And you get all the rewards and don't actually have to play that game anymore. Like it's it's kind of like Warframe, where it's a race to actually be able to do something. That that seems like a like a classic like early two thousands late nineties mistake in game design. Yeah, basically, people were asking for like more interactive worlds and like more stuff going on, and they interpreted that as like let's just have a bunch of weaker monsters spawn in. Um, and not like, cause that's the cool thing about monster hunter world and the monster hunter games is there's all the endemic life. There's like toads on the ground that you can interact with fishing, like, you know, smaller creatures that'll attack you herbivores that are just kind of there pigs that if you follow them, they'll lead you to mushrooms ants that are pushing like, you know, different things around like, there's so much going on in the world. There's so many trees and foliage and interesting stuff. And then you go to Dauntless, and it's, like, a big, open, empty island with, like, ten trees on it. And this giant monster you can see across the screen. Yeah. Um, and all they did was just, like, triple the world size that's still sparsely decorated. And gave you a hang glider to move around even more quickly. And the monsters take a 10th of the time to kill. Um, they, they kind of turn that game into a joke, to be honest. It's, it's really sad. Um, cause it wasn't perfect before, but at least the fights were interesting. Now it's just, it's more devil may cry. Like you said, like you can fucking juggle a monster the size of a building. Yeah. And it's just hilarious. Like Titus plays it all the time. Cause he just likes to fly around and see the monster and maybe hit it a few times. And he feels like he's winning because, yeah, everybody else is just fucking instantly murdering that thing. Um, 
But yeah, they they fucked that up. So well, fantastic. Yeah. Um, I have been going back a lot lately to Fallout. I've been playing a shit ton of Fallout lately. So I've heard. Um, so much like I went and made a new character, and I've gone through like the majority of the content. I'm trying to get through everything before any game, including the DLC, which I never played. Which, which Fallout are we talking about? By the uh, way, four, the the the, la- yeah. the latest one, four. And I got all four the way or seventy six. Four. Okay. Well, seventy six. You said the latest like, one. I don't really count it, but still, it's well, it's like with Elder Scrolls, what's the latest one? Are we counting Blades or ESO? I'm counting neither. I don't know. That's something else. Um, Fair enough. I no. just wanted to be clear for people listening. No, no. For, for sure. Um, but yeah, I've gotten like almost all the way up to level 60 again. Wow. And I've only just started doing the DLC, and I've barely done any of the main quest or the Railroad or the Brotherhood. Like, Damn. You have that. You can lot. pour so much into that game, and then it made me want to go back because I've been watching like the lore videos on the side. Mm-hmm. So I decided I'd go back and try the original Fallout. And previously, I'd only gotten like a few minutes into that game, and then immediately died by scorpions before I could even get like a better weapon. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like, no, fuck this game. I watched a couple of guides, and I've gotten to like a few of the big towns, and actually, kind of like halfway through. At least the beginning portion of like the story, and it is, it holds up really well for its game. Like it is dated and it's really brutal. Back when games could be brutal and people wouldn't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as hard now that know what I'm doing. Like if an SMG or something, and I have a follower, but there is a shit ton of dialogue in that game, and the combat is really slow. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that's really hard to get used to when you're used to playing the newer games. Because in the newer games, you're just running and gunning all over the place. But in the old ones, it's like, okay, well, now the rat needs to step next to you, but the rat's walking animation is unforgivably slow. So this battle is going to take you, like, five minutes. And I'm like, oh, great, that's done. It's like, oh, no, it's just a rat. I.e., there's six more in this hallway alone. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Way too fucking long. Yeah, I mean, basically they were trying... That's an era where they used difficulty to produce length in a game. That and dialogue. Because it was cheap to ramp up the difficulty and to write dialogue. Yeah. Whereas graphics and mechanics were difficult. So they could put a lot of story in a game. And they could put a lot of difficulty in the game... Because also, around that same era, you had the coin-op machines, where you would be basically trying to balance difficulty with money. So, like, you know, arcade games like Ninja Gaiden, uh, gosh, gosh, what is that, Um, Smash TV, Ninja Turtles, um, you know, games like that, where it was like, how do we make this game just hard enough that people die a lot and it's going to cost them like 30 or 40 dollars in quarters to beat this game but not just rage quit well i think you had another problem with like early pc gaming is like the price of gaming hasn't gone up that much right um like games are relatively cheap if you if you think about it games are still going for 40 to 60 bucks like even way back when that game came out 
Um, and that's when 40 or 60 bucks was worth a bit more. Um, so I think you also, especially when computers weren't that good, you had to convince somebody like, hey, give me 40 to $60 and I'll give you this game. And nobody was playing games on PC and like the graphics sucked. Everything right. was real slow. And it was yeah. expensive to even have a computer, you know, let alone one that could play most modern games. Which, lo- looking at Fallout and being like, yeah, I couldn't afford a computer that could run this is hilarious. Yeah, like, um, I remember I remember, I would always get my mom's old computers that she used to do, like, payroll on at the businesses. when she, Whenever they got, like, a new computer system. So I'd have, like, nine and a half inch floppy disks. Um, and, like, I remember going to a Kmart when they were clearing out all of their nine and a half inch floppy disk games because they had moved on to um, regular floppy disks. What is it? Three and a quarter. Um, So when they transitioned, it was like going from like cassettes to CDs. So they were getting rid of all their stock. So I bought like all the games they had because they were like a dollar each, which was like Mega Man 1, Mixed Up Mother Goose, and... Ninja Gaiden, um, like all the originals. And then I think it was like one other game. I don't remember which one. I don't think I really played it much. Um, but yeah, I, I was like so excited. But those like nine and a half inch floppy disks were like so big. It was like, you know, take your cell phone and it's like three of those across. And you'd have to put it in the computer. It was like the width of the computer. Um and then you'd have to use DOS prompt to like launch the game. Like they would have like instructions on a sticker on the front of the disc. So if you didn't write it down and you forgot what to type, you'd have to like remove, you'd have to eject the disc and read it and put it back in and start over. Um, so yeah, that, that was interesting. Um, but yeah, like those games, you know, like fucking Ninja Gaiden, was hard as shit and like we had an arcade machine at one of our gas stations and it was smash tv and the only reason i played so much of that game is because my mom would give me the key and i could open it and just flick the little coin counter with my finger to give myself like infinite lives um well i think with the pc ones it was less about like getting just getting your money because it you know it didn't work like an arcade well, it was about like stretching out the game to give it value yeah it was like well this needs to last for x amount of hours because you're paying so much money for it so we're going to give you a D like rule book with this game that just tells you all of the rules and the math and then uh yeah i don't know die a few hundred times and figure it the fuck out and it's even crazier because like I laughed when I found out that there was a strategy guide for the original Halo. Oh, yeah. Because why? Right. Just just play it. Like, there's not... It's pretty there, linear. There's, there's not, not a way a to tell you not to die. Yeah. It, it's... You know, you shoot at the thing and then run, and if you died, it's because you got shot too much and you're trying again. Like, I don't fucking know. But when you go back and look at, like, Fallout, there's no real guides. All the guides are just shit that people have figured out over the years and then like copy and paste it onto new websites. And it's mm-hmm. like you you literally had people that just spent hundreds of hours playing this game way back in the day, just trying to figure out every little tiny piece of what was hidden inside this ridiculous game. Oh yeah, like 
you know how like speedrunners will like spend like hundreds of hours in a single level figuring out tricks yeah like that was like me and all my friends like for at least 15 years because like we didn't have the internet and you only had the people that you talked to at school and or in the neighborhood and then you had like strategy guides and those generally didn't tell you that much um so it was like if you wanted to be the cool kid you were the one that like figured out all the cool tricks that nobody else figured out so we'd spend you know hours and hours figuring out the best street fighter combos and mortal Kombat. uh like you were a cool kid at school if you knew like several characters finishers um you know like it was it was not a case of like oh i don't know how to do this let me go watch a youtube video it was like I think, oh i don't know how to do this let me die to it four thousand times i think with the way games are now people will really need to start hiring like people that went to college and got a phd in math to be like game testers yeah i swear to god because you'll get people that did go to college for that stuff that just grew up playing video games they do it on their spare time so you'll be like yeah we spent a couple of years crafting together this unique battle system and two days later someone just pops onto youtube and they're like okay so anyway i ran the numbers and this is how this and this works so if you just pick up this and do this to it you pretty much broke the entire game and it's like fucking jesus christ dude yeah well, <laughs> they spent a lot of time on that, and you just destroyed their entire... Because I know the kind of people they get for game testing, and it's just people with maybe a basic understanding of, like, C++. Well, um, and it's gotten to the point you know, where it's not even once it comes out. People are data mining the shit before they even release it. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's got its own list of problems that have existed for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which that brings me to another interesting topic. Are you, are you done with fallout by the way? I don't want to step on. Uh, no, yeah, no, I'm, I'm it. That's, that's about, that's about all the new stuff I've been playing lately. Um, so tomorrow is the new path of exile league. Um, I believe it's called, what is it? Attack on, the atlas i think am i right siege of the atlas um you'd think i would have that memorized by now um but i've done surprisingly little research into this league typically i watch at least 20 hours of video on theory crafting and whatnot i've only spent about two hours watching a like a group conversation about just general stuff um I read part of the balance manifesto, which it's insane to me that there's a thing that comes out for a game called a balance manifesto. Like I, I do realize this is a game for crazy people. Um, and like what we were just talking about is kind of like made me realize like, Oh yeah, that that's probably why I like this game because it's one of those games you can just kind of grind for hours and figure out the little details and really, really get a feel for each character and that sort of thing. Um, and there's, there's a lot of shit you really just have to figure out yourself because if you make the build, you can't just go look at somebody else's and be like, Oh, duh, that's how this works. Um, and we use like a third party program to create our build so we can check the numbers and make sure we're not going to waste 50 hours, um, to find out that this doesn't work. 
um, or at least have a general idea of how we're going to do it. Um, so it's, it's interesting. Um, they're changing the way that the end game works basically. Um, so they're giving us an entire second skill tree just for the end game, which is called the Atlas where you run maps. So like, you know, when you do like rifts in Diablo, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like doing the greater rifts, but you like select the map and you can see the mods. So it might be like enemies are immune to poison. They shoot extra projectiles. They do double damage. They always crit. And the more difficult and ramped up it gets, the better the wards are that pop out. Um, So basically they're giving us another skill tree so that as you defeat bosses throughout the maps, um, you can put skill points into... I like to play this certain style of content. So like, I like to fight against rogue exiles, which are kind of like, you know, player character enemies. Um, so there'll be more of them and they'll be stronger and they'll have more loot. Or I like to do delve. There'll be more delve encounters and they'll have better rewards. Or I like boss fighting. So bosses will be harder, but have better loot just a lot of different ways to customize the maps so that instead of like having to run a certain map for certain content, you can basically say, I want to play these maps and I'm going to pump them up in this specific way so that I have more fun doing this and still get the rewards that I'm trying to work toward. Um, So I think that's really cool. I, I think it's a good way to let players do the content they want, but not make it easier as far as like playing the damn game. Um, because like, that was a big thing that killed the end game for a lot of people is especially if you played solo cell phone where you can't just go buy maps, you could essentially do what's called bricking your Atlas, which means you accidentally make it so that you can't get any higher tier maps or it's very difficult to sustain them. And it's just impossible to progress in the end game. So now you can play any map you want and continue to progress, but it doesn't make it any easier. It just makes it possible to keep going, Um, which is good. I I think it should have been that way to begin with. So, yeah. And then um, they're adding a bunch of new boss. They're adding two new bosses with two sub bosses. Um, They're kind of moving the way that some of the older bosses worked. Uh, They're adding a bunch of different modifiers and things like that for this, a bunch of new unique items as usual. Um, there's the arch nemesis challenge league, which is like the, you know, four month league where it's got a different mechanic. Like they had harvest where you'd like build a garden and fight bosses, um, for really strong crafting rewards. And now basically, um, you're going to build a boss and kind of like pump it up with certain rewards, um, make the areas more difficult and not just the boss, um, to give you a bunch of new items and rewards and whatnot, which is pretty cool. Um, bunch of game balance stuff. Um, they're having a race for people to play. Um, the winner gets to design a unique item to be put into the game as the reward, which is really cool. Um, but yeah. Looks pretty good. I, I think it's going to be a good one. Um, I actually took a day off work to play the the release tomorrow. 
Um, yeah, I, I, I was going to have two days off work beforehand, and I get a five day weekend. Yeah, well, I hope the uh, I hope the game is a lot of fun. When do you when do you plan on popping on earlier in the day? So, I haven't really picked a build. Um, I'm going to spend most of the morning probably figuring out what I'm going to play, and then the the league launches at one p.m. Central, so two p.m. your time, I believe. Okay. Um, so I'm going to be watching some build videos, playing around in Path of Building, which is the third-party program where you can like, you know, mess around with the skill tree and abilities and stuff. Um a lot of fucking around in there. Um I need to look into this whole new atlas. I need to look into the atlas passive tree. Um cuz you've seen the Path of Building or the Path of Exile skill tree. Yes. It's another one of those just for the end game. Well, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it is ridiculous. I, I'm not going to lie. Um, and they buffed uh, self-cast. So, like, you know, a lot of players, will be they won't want to, like, stop and, like, cast lightning or fireball. So what they'll do is they'll have, like, a totem that they drop down that'll cast fireball for them. So what they did was they were like, we want people to feel like they can play self-cast. So we're going to make that much stronger so that, yeah, you can still drop the totems, but they're not going to do anywhere near as much damage as if you stop and cast the spell yourself or if you summon the skeletons yourself. So they buffed like necromancers and summoners, self-cast spell casters. Um, And then they also buffed something else. Oh, bows. Um, So like bow skills got a buff. Um so I'm kind of thinking about doing like a self-cast arc. So like you shoot lightning at one guy and the lightning then goes to all the other guys like chain lightning. Yeah. Um, Cause I've played that in the past and really enjoyed it. And it's fun to see it like go running around the screen, just murdering things. Um, so I'm looking into that cause I've played a, a bunch of bow characters in the last few leagues and don't really want to do that again. Um, and I'm not a big fan of summoners. The only summoner I really like is uh, Summon Raging Spirit, where you like summon a skull that's on fire and it goes and attacks enemies. And there's a transmog for it, so it just looks like a swarm of bees chasing things down. Um, I think you were trying to. Yeah, I think I was working towards that at one point. Yeah, it, it's super fun to watch. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not a big summoner fan in the game. Um, I do want to try one summoner build, but I don't think it really got much of a buff in this league. Basically, instead of like an army of skeletons, you summon one, one, like, uh, one minion and it's like a grim reaper and it just walks around fucking just murdering shit. Um, and it looks really cool. It seems fun to play, but it's unfortunately not been very good since they released it. Typically, things come out and they're strong to begin with. Um, this one, unfortunately, did not come out very strong. Um, it could get to like the early part of the end game, like after you beat the ten acts, you could get through like the first tier of maps. But after that, it was like a little slow going. It would die. You'd have to resummon it and make yourself vulnerable, um, and it just didn't have the damage it needed. So. I'm going to look around and see if anybody's got a, a summon reaper build that might work. Um, but right now I'm kind of looking at like 
either doing an arc character or maybe some sort of trap character where you like throw out your traps, enemies trigger them, a bunch of shit happens. Um, some of those are kind of cool because you can pick basically any spell and throw it into a trap. So it could make earthquakes, could make flamethrowers, it could cause electricity to shoot out, it could cause ice crystals to come out in a wave. Um, all kinds of cool shit. You could just throw bear traps. So, kind of excited. I, I think it's going to be a fun league. Um, it, it's a lot heavier on just, like, shit that makes the game more fun to play and less about, like, here's a, you know, quirky mechanic, you know, shtick sort of thing. So I think that's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Yep. But, um, yeah. Other than that, um... Gosh, what was the other thing? Oh, Lost Ark comes out on Monday, I believe. Um, uh, the other, uh, like, sort of Diablo clone. Yeah, kind of it, it's, they call it an MMO, but it's more of a Path of Exile-esque ARPG. They also have a big PvP component that I'm not really interested in personally, but it seems better than the rest of those I've seen. Um, I, I couldn't really, I played a little bit of the demo beta, whatever it was. Yeah. I really couldn't figure out what that game was trying to be. And it was really frustrating because it would be like, the combat was kind of good. Also a little easy. Didn't make a lot of sense, but I was, I was vibing with it. And then it stops to become like World of Warcraft for a minute. And then it is kind of more like Path of Exile. And then it's back to being like this fun new combat. And I'm like, this is weird. I don't know. Yeah. And apparently it gets unbelievably difficult at the end game and has some of the most difficult like end game raids and dungeons. And that's where the MMO portion comes in where there's like super crazy, like team raids um, that are very high skill based. They're not like numbers based. It's like dodging and, you know, watching out oh, for man. shit on the ground. I'll tell you what, as somebody that's been a big fan of overwatch for years, nothing excites me more than when you say, <laughs> Do you want to play a game that takes a tremendous amount of skill from everybody and also requires you to rely on a bunch of other random people on the internet? Because goddamn, that's always fun, isn't it? Right. And oh. I, I'm not really interested in that part of the game, but I did enjoy playing it, and it's free. So I'm here to try it out. Like, I'm going to give it a shot. Um, and if nothing else, it's one of those games I can go and play for an hour or two whenever I feel like it. And who knows, maybe I'll get really into it. Um, it looks like it has some potential. I'll definitely try it when it comes out. But Yeah, it's got some interesting um, classes. But uh, um, I don't know. I'm not expect- Maybe that's the best place to be, but I'm not expecting a lot from it. Yeah, like I, I know a lot of the people that really love Path of Exile are like, they've been practicing on the German version of the game. Yeah. Um, and playing that. Like this is a game that's been out for like 10 years um in europe so it's not like something brand new but it's been modernized a little bit for the western release i guess um and changed in a few ways so i'm curious to see how different it is um but yeah i i think it's it's good to see another game like this come out because there's just not a lot of these games out there unless you're into the new titan quest dlc that drops for whatever reason um i'm still impressed that they're making <laughs> titan quest right? games i don't know what to do with that yeah it makes no sense at all but apparently it must be working out for them 
because uh, yeah, they keep making that shit. Oh, and the other thing we got to mention real quick: fucking Global Agenda's back. Yeah, man, that's a game we've talked about multiple times. On it cracked here, me up. I saw somebody input. say that they were like, "So is it still free?" Or what's yeah, the... yeah, yeah. So and it has your character and all your stuff. If you can remember your login, it has all your stuff. I logged in and all my characters were there. They were in the exact spot I last logged out at. It's fucking crazy. It's like opening a time capsule. So is it still on Steam? Is that where I go to find it? Yeah. I'll have to look for it because, man, Um, I I barely remember that game anymore now, but I do remember that I had a lot of fun with it. It was like the only PvP arena game that I ever liked. I just remember really liking the way that you got around in that game. Because I think it had more of the... I don't want to you say had a necessarily jet parkour, but it you you had a way where you had to like more organically move around a map way back before really it had, anybody. It had verticality. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was 100%. like it was just a little bit different. Um, I I really enjoyed it. I I still have fun with it. It it's pretty dated. I'm not gonna lie. Don't expect a modern, brand new game. Um. They basically give you unlimited money to buy all the cool-looking stuff for free now. Um, Because they basically released it in the state it was in before they shut it down, where they just made it so you could buy all the stuff in the game. So you (laughs) can pick out all the cool armor that looks great and that sort of thing. Um, All the die kits and, like, you know, there's, like, these insane, like, head cosmetics that you can put on for your helmet like the horse head and stuff like that. Um, it's really funny. There's a bunch of really like interesting helmet choices that definitely would not make it into a modern game. Um, like some real weird stuff, but yeah, if you guys haven't played global agenda, go download it. If you have played it, go download it and see where you were, see what you were doing. What? Like 20 years ago or whatever. Um, like, damn, that game is a time capsule. Um, <laughs> it, it was really nostalgic and cool to just walk around in that city and, like, see the people hanging out. And that's, like, the cool thing is it has the hub where you see the other players. I might uh, might download that and try and stream that tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot of people just being like, oh, holy shit, this game was great back in the day. Well, it turns out still pretty great. Still a lot of fun to play. And there's different builds. Like, your character can have multiple different ways to play. Um, and like, it's limited. Like there's specific weapons that do specific things and you slot your different skills in. Um, and the open world MMO style stuff is still in there too, but I'll warn you it's, it's pretty bad. (laughs) It was bad back then. Um, but it's there. So, but yeah. Um, other than that, just kind of been messing around with a few various things here and there. Oh, I did try the new Hearthstone set. The, yeah, you uh, told me you weren't really a Battlegrounds big fan update. Of that. Yeah, yeah, really disappointed with it. It's got some cool stuff. The cards are cool. The mechanics are neat. Um, they made it so that everybody has a buddy. Like every main, like your character that you select has a a buddy. So after you basically deal out X number of damage, you activate your buddy character and you get a card of that. And you put it out, and it's like a really good version of a card. And then 
it does the thing and you can sell it or keep it or whatever you want to do. And then eventually you get to the second level and unlock the next tier and they give you two more cards to make it golden, which is just like a buffed up version. Um, kind of like getting a golden TFT, but it also has extra effects. Um, yeah. So instead of like every time you're, um, every time a minion dies, get plus one, plus one. Now it's get plus two or plus four. So you can get, you know, like it really gets pumped up. Um, and some of them just have like really big battle cry effects, like make a minion golden, make all your minions golden, um, which would be the equivalent of like, you know, making all of your TFT characters gold. Um, so like there's some crazy shit like that. Um, but the problem is there's power creep now. So you would see big boards where people would have like, you know, once in a while you'd run into somebody with a whole team of like, you know, 70 health, 70 damage stuff on the board. And it was just like, Oh, well, I don't have poison. So I lose. Yeah. Well, now it's like people with like 300, 300 cards and they have shields so that they don't take damage the first time they're hit. And then when one dies, they get their shield back and just all kinds of crazy shit stacked on top of itself. And then to counter that every team, every game, it's like 50% that and 50% poison. So if you don't play one of those two things, you're automatically at the bottom of the game because you just lose. Um, which it was headed there anyway in the previous set, but apparently they just made it worse. So there's really no point in playing it right now, unfortunately, for me. Um, I've had a lot of the same problems. I mean, it's always been a problem, but with TFT still, mm -hmm. um, where I've tried recently, I've gotten really good rolls on like going like hardcore sniper or going hardcore like chemtech or something like that. And just, like, getting the golds, getting the items, and coming in eighth place. Yeah. Because it just doesn't matter how good they are, they suck. You know what I mean? Right. It's not the thing. So it's not good. Right. Um, I, I'm so frustrated with that shit. So I guess we should take a second and mention the fact that um, Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard. Yeah, I don't... This is a. I don't know how this is not becoming like gaming monopolies, but this is a problem. So I mean, Microsoft kind of has the same potential as EA, right? Like they've made things that can be like, yeah, I'll play a game if it's run by you know Microsoft. But at the same time, they put out a bunch of crap. And EA used to put out a you know a few really good games and then some crap. And then when they got too big. They just started ruining the whole industry, and I'm getting really concerned that Microsoft is going the same way. So I heard an interesting thing from uh, former Giant Bomb people that apparently, you know, went and looked into this. They kind of keep track of these things. Um, they were saying, and I, I totally didn't know this, and I mean, I fact-checked it, it's true. Um, even with the acquisition, they're still not as big as Sony. Um. And then Tencent is like five times the size of both of them. So it's definitely not a monopoly um, because they're not even in second place. They're in third place. Um, I guess in terms of what are we just talking about? Like in terms of money or 
like market share or whatever market you share. would, you, yeah. you know, market share. Sony, Sony, just... I believe, Tencent is like, okay, yeah, I guess if you're roping in like mobile games, Tencent's I mean, they own definitely... everything. They've got their fingers into everything. I don't know. I feel like I don't play that many games by Tencent, but there's a well, they, fuck it's not like games. it's by them, but they they own a large portion of all these different developers like you know guild wars arena net they own those guys yeah like they if if it's not an activision blizzard or a sony entity it is tencent a hundred percent of the time path of exile they own a major share of grinding gear games like yeah well i mean let's be honest though i mean case in point the video game industry has been god awful for like almost a decade at, to the point where one of the best open world rpgs to this day is still fucking skyrim which came out in 2011 like right the, you've had one competitor one also bought by microsoft and it was the witcher and that was pretty much it like <laughs> yeah um but all i'm saying is like as far as like them being able to get through the deal and actually make it happen and not have you know, any issues with the F, what is it, FTC? Um, they're not going to have issues completing the transaction. And, like, they've made major acquisitions like this before that were, like, you know, just as major and not had any issue getting through there. So I feel like they're equipped legally to get through yeah. any hoops they need to jump through. And the fact that they're not even in second place kind of is just like well of course they're going to be able to do it well they but they but they're not in second place when you really think about it because like sony no they're in third place sony and tencent aren't even american-based companies well i mean microsoft is just as international they're just as international in reach but they're still a u.s company but they also have to contend with ftc laws like if they're acquiring a major market share of an American developer, they still are, you know, they have to abide by those laws. I sure, but also when you're looking in like how much money they bring in or how much of the market share they have, well, they're doing that across multiple markets too. Like if you're looking at how much of the workforce of game developers in America that Microsoft owns, it seems to be like a lot of them at this point. I mean, to the point where you took one of the biggest, most uh, recession-resilient studios under your under your acquisition, on top of acquiring, I think, a couple of other people in, like, the same week. Well, and that's the thing, is we're not just looking at, you know, the games division. Microsoft has their fingers in computers all over the world. Sony makes all kinds of different electronic equipment as well as non-electronics. No, yeah, that's Um, true as well. Like, it's not like just the thing is the gaming division is, is not a, a major, major component of these businesses. If you cut off all of the gaming division of Microsoft, I mean, it's a loss for sure, but it's, but it's still, not the end of the world to them at all. 
But there's still a big portion of the gaming industry itself, even if oh, it's not yeah. a big part of that company, which has gotten ridiculous. I mean, it's gotten so big that you've got companies, you've got all these companies that have nothing to do with video games that now own pretty much all of the video game production. Yeah. I don't know. I, I worry. I'm just saying, I, worry... I don't think there's going to be any, any hint of an issue of them actually completing the acquisition. That's all I'm saying. Oh yeah, probably not. I just I worry about what this is gonna do for the state of uh of <clears throat> games at this point. I mean I don't think it's gonna change a whole lot. Most of these major developers like you know, Microsoft and Activision Blizzard, they're really a conglomeration of a bunch of other companies. Um and they're yeah, outsourcing we... a ton of the work, and a lot of the biggest games of the year recently are actually coming out of indie developers um you know you're seeing games like you know destiny for example which is another topic but you know they're doing okay they're plodding along and they're making money but you've got indie developers that are you know like a group of like 20 or less people putting games out like valheim and making millions and millions of dollars Well, but, but that's exactly the point the industry has become so terrible like these kinds of things I mean, this is the kind of thing that ruined EA, which ruined a ton of studios, still bitter about Westwood. Um, you've got, uh, like, the Activision Blizzard thing. Like, when those two got tied together, they both went down the shitter real quick, and they're still trying to recover from that. Um, it's gotten so bad that you've got these AAA titles that they invest millions of dollars in, and they're so fucking piss poor and incomplete that... Three guys in a basement See, over the past year that just learned how to code made a better fucking game that sold more copies. Like, right, and that you know, I guess like the thing that I see as that being a good thing is that's kind of how you get some of these smaller studios to become the next big studio and give us something fresh and new. Um, you know, there's it's definitely shitty to see some of the games and developers that we loved fall apart. I mean, look at Blizzard. I loved World of Warcraft for so long. It's depressing to see that go to hell. Diablo, the same thing. Like, major portions of my life were spent playing those games. So yeah, it sucks to see Blizzard get turned into a fucking monster. You know, which is light. Like, that's a a very polite way to put it. Um, so yeah, that sucks. But at the same time you know, there's other developers that are going to come along and come up with another great idea that, you know, generations to come will love playing their games. It's not the end of gaming. It, it might be the end of some of the things we love, for sure. But nothing lasts forever, unfortunately. Um, no, but I th I think we're... I mean, we've been hitting a... Uh, gaming is in a, a pretty bad spot right it's now. It's in a bad spot, and I think it's going to get worse. Like, I think we're going through another video game crash, but we're going to see oh, a lot sure. of these companies break up. And it's going to be years before you see some of these other people, uh, you know, really start overtaking the industry. I mean, we're not, I don't think we're going to see Mojang doing anything. They kind of sold themselves out, and I don't really see that going very far. Um, and then you've got the people, I mean, like, I'm happy to see Concerned Ape, the guy that did, uh, Stardew Valley working on a new prod project. Yeah, that's and the another new project, game I want to play. That, and the new project looks really good. Um, and it's probably going to sell really well, but is he ever going to expand? Are they going to make real 
proper studios and start hiring a bunch of people and doing multiple projects. Who knows? It could just be him and maybe one or two other people making small games that are just really good forever. Well, you know? and you know what? That That's kind of okay, too. Not everyone needs to become a major well, developer. It's 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 fine in that instance, but it also means like if you don't have people like that that are making quality indie games, if they're not starting new companies, if they're not changing the way the, the video game industry is moving, then it's going to be a really long time before we see anyone doing it. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and, you know, it, it kind of sucks to see some of these bigger developers lose a bunch of people because they can't afford it. You know, the Battlefield 2042 failure for sure cost a bunch of jobs. And it sucks to see that affect people's lives. Like, in reality, like, those people might be, you know, unable to pay a car payment, a house payment. Who knows? Um, you know, it's really unfortunate. And then all the bullshit with the terrible, terrible leadership in these companies and the sexual harassment and just the horrible shit coming out of Activision Blizzard. You know, the only silver lining there is that's getting a spotlight shown on it. And we're finally starting to see unions happen in gaming. Well, um, and that's something I think we've needed because bad oh, leadership, bad, bad leadership and bad management are not anything that are even remotely new uh, to the industry. And yeah. I think it's about time that somebody finally uh, fucking I mean, did something about it. The shit going on now, imagine what was going on in the late 90s, mid 90s, when they'd have literal strippers dancing at booths at E3. Yeah. Like, imagine how bad it was back then, and you just never heard about it. Remember it was just the, brushed off. Remember the guy game. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, there was... There was a lot of people that didn't have power and they were kind of that, you know, nerd that never really got any attention. And now they're in power and can do whatever they want and don't know how to wield that power and take advantage of it and thus take advantage of people in a really bad, wrong way and didn't have anyone there to check that power. Now, like, I'm totally against the whole, like, you know, cancel culture thing. I think that's toxic as well. Oh, but yeah. like, you know, somebody had to shine a light on the fucking Bill Cosby's of the gaming industry, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Well, I feel like that was less cancel culture rather than it was like a lot of people coming out and going like, all right, this workplace environment is super fucking toxic. Well, and I think when you're though... dealing, you're dealing with an industry too. It's not a regular industry. Like, Right. If you love an artist in the music industry, right, unless you're a rapper, you don't even know who his fucking producer is. Nobody fucking cares. No, nobody like cares about Unless it's Death Row are... Records, you don't care about it. Yeah, no one's paying attention to any of that shit, right? But with video games, like, people get really into it. People get really into the industry. Oh, yeah, no, this is the creator that worked on this game and this game, and they got brought over from this company to this company. And you're like, oh, shit, yeah, I love that dude's style. I can't wait to see what they put in the game. Like, this is an industry where I'm surprised we haven't seen unions because you can just jump on Twitter and be like, hey, so this is what the people at my company are doing to me, and you've just pissed off the entire fan base for all of your important IPs. Well, and not only like, that, that is not even just, it's not even just like sexual harassment and abuse. It's the... Um what do you call it? The, where they work constantly. I want to call it grind culture, but, um, Oh, the, um, the, the, oh, God, the crunch, 
yeah, crunch. Like the whole culture of you can't take time off because all your other coworkers will be pissed at you for taking time off to spend time with your family or be sick because then they have to work even harder and pick up your slack because if they take time off too, then people start getting fired and there's rules around not being able to take time off and you have to work seven days a week and you have to work a hundred hours a week. Like it's insanity. Well, like for me personally, I, I think the whole video game industry has become overinflated. You've got too many people that are pumping in money to make quick, like shitty clones of games and market them out so they can try to recoup a profit. Right. Uh, and they're, they're trying the to push out, no one... they're trying to push out games that are just ripoffs of other games that were wildly successful. Like remember when Fortnite came out and nobody really thought much of it for a, a couple weeks and then yeah. it was the biggest thing in the world and player unknown battlegrounds. And then how many fucking, Battle Royales. Uh, Battle Royales have we seen over the last five years? Too well, many to fucking count. And that's the problem. A lot of the people that are going into the industry aren't making games they want to make. They're making games that investors want them to make. And it's right. one of the reasons everything sucks right now. I mean, all the iconic games that we got, we got because people were just making whatever the fuck they wanted. Right. And it uh, turns out the people that play video games and then want to make video games have a good idea about what they want in a video game. You know, and we're not really getting that. And I think at this point, the industry has to lose a lot of money. So a lot of these investors go fuck themselves. Pretty Um, much. And so the people that are still working in the industry, like if a boss, if you need to take some time off and everybody needs to. Um, and they go up and, and tell you like, Hey, you know, if you do this, you're going to piss everybody else off. Cause then they have to work harder. You know, my advice to your other employees is maybe they should take the day off. Right. Like, I'm sorry if everybody just leaves and production stops. Cause everyone's like wor- worn out. Well, and that's what happens is it comes to a head and then you get a mass walkout. Yeah. I'm sorry. Without if, the if protection of a union and those people are fucked then. If you've got a, a shit ton of investor money and uh, and a specific timeline, and management doesn't can't agree like agrees to terms that they can't do or changes things to the point where they can't make the the promises they made, that's not your fault. That's not right. you shouldn't be working extra for that. Like, yeah, maybe the company will go under. Honestly, in this industry at this point, it feels like people make companies just for them to go under in a year or two. Right. Go find another company. Like, yeah, it's just a way for them to fund whatever they want to pay for. Yeah. Um, and you've got video game studios popping up all over the place at this point. You've got a a bunch of X. Um, you know, I think it's one of the things I like about this industry. You get a bunch of people that worked on games, and then they leave all their companies and go form another company. Right. You know, them and all their friends say, "Fuck you, we're gonna go make our own boat." You know, it's like a lot of people at a particular mall getting pissed off at all their bosses. So they all leave or all get fired, you know, from all these different retail jobs and go, fuck it. We're just going to open our own retail store. Nobody does that. That's not a thing. Right. You know, but it turns out you don't need all the overhead of a retail store to open a game studio. You just need a bunch of smart people that have computers and can talk to each other. You don't even need the office space anymore. You you could have a bunch of people work in a house or work in their own homes 
and get together for a meeting at Starbucks once a week or something. Um, uh, I think that depends on the scope of the game. A lot of the well, I just mean to get people, started. A lot of the people that are making bigger games, even smaller companies, have been saying through COVID, like, yeah, I mean, we theoretically can do all of this stuff, but we have to collaborate a lot, and it's a lot easier to just go over to the next cubicle and be like, hey, Jim, can you work on this for me, or can you change this? <laughs> they said it's a lot harder to communicate, I sure, guess. it can be, but... Doing the at-home. That's all, I mean, that's all subjective, but all I'm saying is, like, it's possible to spin off your own thing and start with little to nothing. You know, you don't need a big office space either. If you need one, no. you can start with a smaller one. Somebody can convert their garage into an office space, for fuck's sake. Um, you know, code monkeys about it. Yeah, I mean, really, it's it's definitely something that you're seeing a lot more of where people are like, well, shit, we have a group of friends that all have the skills we need. Let's just go do the thing that we want to do. And yeah, it's financially risky, and that's why you don't see everybody doing it. Um, but you see a lot of people succeeding when they do actually go and do that and have a good plan. Well, I think um, that's the other the another problem you're having right now is that a lot of video people in the video game industry don't get paid shit. Right. Um, and the problem with that is, like, yeah, you do get you you get a lot, especially from like the '70s and '80s. You get a lot of these video game companies. Or uh, just computer software developers like, yeah, I don't know, we just set up an office space in our garage and, you know, we just started a company. We just started making stuff. I think the biggest problem with that is everyone pays so little now. All of the new people in the industry can't afford an apartment, let alone a house with a garage. Right. So there's no, nobody has the garage to get, because I've run into that. Like I've run into people that want to start working on projects and like, cool, we just need a space where we can like all get together and work together. And it's like, yeah, nobody has that. Well, and one of the other, you know, things that definitely compound that issue is a lot of these developers are in expensive cost of living areas like California, you know, San Francisco and areas like that. And now Texas is expensive. We'll pay you $60,000 um, a year, but uh, if you want to live in an apartment where you can at all ever get to work, it's going to cost you like, you know, $80,000 a, a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to cost more than you make to live there. Um, but no, like that's one of the big problems is like when a lot of these people leave their jobs or are fired or, you know, their business shuts down or their studio shuts down and you lose your job they no longer can afford to live where all those people they know are. And occasionally you do see a group of people leave a company out of like San Francisco and they'll move to like Colorado or Ohio and all relocate together to get a cheaper cost of living and cheaper place to set up an office space or buy a house with a garage that they can still afford, you know, on a regular salary. Um, you know, like there's definitely a case for people going and starting their own thing, but ultimately it's really hard to do that in the current economy too. Um, but I do want to talk about the other two big acquisitions, um, before we wrap up. Uh, so, uh, who was it? Who bought destiny? Um, that was Blizzard Activision. Well, no, they left there. Somebody else, I think it's Sony, just bought um, Destiny. Oh, is that right? 
yeah um let me look this up here destiny acquisition uh yeah sony bought destiny um or bungie they bought bungie um which is interesting well yeah yeah that's interesting that's weird okay um and then gosh what was the other there was another big acquisition as well um but yeah also kind of cheap so sony bought them for 3.6 billion which is not that big of a price tag for bungie like bungie was also bungie was always very small though like the only reason halo came of anything was because microsoft was like here's a bunch of money um also the super awkward thing about this whole acquisition is the fact that sony now owns the people that made halo yeah sony owns the people that make halo right they don't own halo i get that but it's just a little bit weird right it is a little weird but i i kind of i think bungie will flourish more on sony i i'm sure it's fine but it's just an interesting thing especially with the timing um of microsoft purchasing activision blizzard um well and it's it's kind of weird because i feel like microsoft is soaking up a bunch of people that aren't doing too great and even though i know bethesda will probably pull out of that like even their reputation has been a little meh lately and i'm like you guys are buying up a lot of stuff but i don't know (laughs) why as to where like i feel like bungie's still a company with some reputation oh for sure Um, and you know I think Sony will give them a little more space, a little more freedom to make something that they want to make. I don't feel like Microsoft or Activision Blizzard or anyone else was really allowing that to happen. Um, And that's how Halo got made. So, you know, I'm I'm interested to see what happens with Bungie over, over with Sony. Maybe they'll try some new things. Well, I feel like they were trying too hard with destiny to bring back the Halo magic when it was really just like, give me another Oni or something like, I don't know. There was a lot of talk about the issues with the last couple of years of Destiny content being driven by Activision and their need for money. Um, and a lot of people have been praising Bungie, how they've recovered the game and made it really great again um, since they've left uh, Activision Blizzard. Um and like I, I don't doubt that that's true. I don't think I want to play any more Destiny, regardless of who owns them. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, it, it I'm sounds like it, it sounds like Activision was actually the problem there, not the developers. And I think it's good that for a change, the heat is not on the people making the game. Well, um, I think Destiny One was good, but it had a lot of problems with it. And then when they re when they made Destiny Two, like we've said before, it was basically just a like a reboot of destiny one. Like it wasn't even that different. Um, but I, even without Activision's nonsense, I feel like a lot of that game was just them trying to recreate halo. Oh, for sure. The halo magic, but like with a new coat of paint and destiny's not a bad game. I mean, the, the combat in particular, I feel like realistically it's a short game. It has the potential for being hours of gameplay, but why? Um, but if you're doing like one straight go through things, do strikes a few times, that kind of stuff, 
I mean, the combat's amazingly fun. Well, and that's that's what everybody cites is like the actual gunplay and movement is fun in that game, unless you're playing a warlock. Um, I loved the warlock. I didn't. <laughs> it, it was no, the floaty the, thing that I killed loved, me. No, no, I loved the hunter. Sorry, the yeah. warlock was shit. Yeah, right. that's a thing. No, <laughs> yeah, it was that. terrible. Everyone hates yeah, it. No, no, no. Everyone hated that. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's interesting seeing some of these acquisitions, um, and I think it'll be interesting to see what direction some of these studios take under their new ownership. Um, and the other thing to keep in mind for this uh, Blizzard Activision acquisition is it's not actually going to be done for 18 months. I so... am... I just... I have a feeling we're about to see either a wave of cancellation. I don't even think we're going to see wave of cancellations. I think everyone's going to be so hurt for money. We're about to get just a massive dump truck load of absolute shit just poured all over us. I don't think there's any way to avoid it at this point. Yeah, there's so many I, I projects, think you're right. There's so many projects that I don't think are going to be completed properly and that are just going to get released anyway. And I think there's a bunch of hot garbage they're going to rush out the door. Yeah. Um, just to try and bring back costs. Like, ugh, And I'm honestly, that's, that's why I'm... Like, I made a point during the last Steam sale to kind of pick up games that I feel like have a long lifespan if I decide to go and play that game. Things like Planet Zoo... Um, a bunch of these simulation games, a lot of the kind of sandbox world games. That's where it's why like, I've been doing some of the survival play this survival stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's like stuff I can play for a long time and just make my own fun, and it's, you know, really cool. Stuff that's got a lot of mods, and people can actually do things with it. Um, I, I think it's it's good to have that backstock of, like, well, if there's no new games, I've got this backlog of other games I really am anxious to play over here. Um, and the nice thing about that is like, I don't have to upgrade my computer. I don't have to do anything fancy. Like I'm set. Like if I wanted to, I could probably not buy another video game for like 10 years. Um, and not run out of shit to do. I'm really appreciating going back and playing stuff, especially the, a lot of the RPGs and things. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's still impressive how, just how much you can do in one playthrough of Fallout 4. Right. Like I am... I think I'm like 50 something hours into that game right now with this, with just this character mm-hmm. and I've done maybe 10% of the game. Right. Like it's, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's kind of like the Skyrim thing. It is. It, it, but, and I've been playing Skyrim again too, a little bit. I kind of paused on that and, and gone to fallout in the meantime. Yeah. Um, there was one other game I wanted to talk about briefly that I totally forgot about, which was the uh, five nights at Freddy's security breach. Oh, okay. Uh, me and Bailey have been uh, like switching the controller on and off because we die a lot. Yeah. Um, just trying to figure out how to get through it, and we've we've got maybe like a quarter of the way through the game at this point. Hmm. Um, just we've only we've only played it for a few hours, but we've been really struggle busting it. We kind of we got to a point where we both kept trying to get through one sort of sneak chase sequence that we have not been able to get through it all it's kind of it's really ridiculous because the game up to this point there's like maybe one animatronic and if you've ever played a stealth game and i've played plenty they're not that bad it's it's a it's standard stealth mechanics you know Mm -hmm. hide 
kind of watch them for a while, figure out what their pathing is, and just like stalk them a bit. Um, but a little light stalking, a little light. They got one where you start off in the very bottom in the center of this like giant three story like atrium area thing, and you need to run all the way to the back to the top of the third floor and like insert a CD. And then when you do that, all of the animatronics come out, including this one like stalker thing that fucks up your vision whenever she's near you. Yeah. And everything's a one hit kill, of course. Oh, yeah. And there's virtually nowhere to hide. And then a shit ton of security bots that will stop you and raise a bunch of alarms, too. And they just sporadically move all over the place. And you need to run back down all three stories and go back to the center. And in every important chokehold, they put one of the animatronics there, but you can't stay and watch them because the other one that stalks you is constantly coming after you. So it's almost just an RNG thing. Yeah. And it's fucking irritating. Like there's been so many times where I've gotten to the very end and forgot that there's an animatronic sitting five feet away from the thing that you need to get to. Yeah. And it's just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. It just makes you not want to play it. Right. Right. Um, and aside from a few irritating parts of that, it is a really well-designed, big area. Like, I kind of can't wait till I get more of the items and unlock more of the area and get through the story section so I can just go fucking explore for a while. Because mm-hmm. um, it is the kind of place, it is like a giant Mall of America kind of thing, but all with, like, Five Nights at Freddy's themed things. So it's... It's like being in a video game where you just get to walk around one of those abandoned amusement parks and shit. Hmm, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's been a fun time. I don't usually play horror games. I know you're not usually big on them either. Yeah, I don't... Like, the whole scary part of things doesn't really do shit for me. Because I guess I'm just dead inside. Um, but, like, that stuff has never done anything for me or, like, scared me. Um so like I miss out. I feel like I I'm automatically missing out on half of the fun in horror games because it just doesn't affect me at all. It's almost like if you were to like give somebody pizza, and the only thing they could taste was the bread, it would be like, well, this is kind of disappointing every time. So um, the the horror aspect of it, I don't really get that scared from most games as much as the anxiety becomes ex- extremely overwhelming for me. Well, right, I and don't, I don't enjoy that either. I, that's the part that I really hate, where it's just like, okay, you're alone in this hallway, and you're coming around the corner, and, oh, there's a zombie, but be careful with your gun, because you've only got one bullet, and I'm like... See, now that okay. just is frustrating to me. I think that's and just, I'm, I think that's the opposite of fun. That's just it, irritating. Yeah. And it's it's like, okay, but I'm playing a video game. Ideally, if I was playing this, I'd be going through the hallway with a shotgun and have at least, like, 15 shots in here, or I'd be scrounging around for ammo. I don't know. Like, right, give me a chainsaw to cut this in half and get more yeah. ammo out of its head. <laughs> I want to go to war. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't usually... I love survival games, um, and I even like the horror aesthetic of a lot of stuff, but horror games usually I have a real hard time with. Yeah, they just, they've never done anything for me personally. Um, like, there's been a few here and there. Like, I really like the Parasite Eve games. Um, I hate the Parasite Eve. I played... A lot of people do. <laughs> I played the original, and I hated it because the game, the gameplay itself... 
It was hard to play. Fucking, yeah, it fucking sucked. It was so as awful. as most of those games in that that particular time uh, when they were just figuring out 3D controls for whatever reason was really difficult. But Parasite um, Eve is a particular sin with that because oh, yeah. most of the games of that period just didn't look that interesting, and Parasite Eve looks extraordinarily interesting like just reading a little bit about it even the intro sequences you're like there's some weird shit going on here i'm very interested how do i find out what's going on and the answer is play the game and the moment you start doing it you're like nope never mind i don't care that much yeah like, it, I it took know, me like I it took me probably like three years of like going back and playing that game for like an hour here and there to actually get through it when i was younger and after I finished it, I was like, man, I'm so glad I don't ever have to fucking play that again. Um, <laughs> like, you're happy that you got all the way through it, but you're like, just that one time. Though. That's that's the game. And, like, I recently did this. I watched somebody, um, I watched a streamer that I, like, play through that whole game because somebody basically, like, was able to pay and suggest a game that they have to play on stream. Um, so I got to watch somebody else struggle through that whole fucking thing, and they had to do it. Um, and I got to enjoy the story again. So I was like, yeah, this is great. This is the way everyone should experience this game instead of actually playing it. So, I mean, yeah, fair enough. It's one of the, I would actually like to watch that. Cause I, it's one of those games where I want to see everything in the game. Yeah. I'm not playing it though. There are a couple of games that I really want to re-experience, but I forgot how terrible the game was. Like mm-hmm. I want to go back and play Subterra Core. Oh yeah. That's, that's a that tough game. one. I've beaten that game, and I remember it being fairly interesting. Um, yeah. But every time I get to it, I get to the combat, especially early in the game, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I hate this. Yeah, it's real rough. Um, like, all of the Nintendo 64 games, really hard to go back to. Um, like, the racing games, I guess, are fine. but I've always wanted to play Paper um, Mario. Oh, that's a fun game. But like the using the the yellow buttons on a uh, Nintendo 64 controller and like just like, Jesus, how did I do this? Um, A lot of that stuff was really frustrating to play. I have distinct memories of spending hours playing the multiplayer in Turok. Oh, yeah. So when I started doing emulations, I went back and was like, you know what, fuck, I'm going to play Turok again. I haven't played Turok in forever. I remember loving this game. Mm-hmm. And I had trouble because it took me a minute to figure out how I was supposed to move and look around. And it was like... <laughs> You're really I think not I had, supposed to. <laughs> I think I had to use like the, the D-pad to select items, but I'd use the joystick to move. But to look around, I needed to use the C buttons. And I was like, ugh. Oh, this yeah. is the worst idea ever. Yeah, analog look. This? Yeah, <laughs> analog looking around is not good. No, was it? It wasn't the. Uh... Well, I guess it was. It... Would that be analog? I don't know. Using the C buttons to look around is retarded. Yeah, I it's like know. one button for one direction. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how he used to play it as a kid, and I don't know how anyone playtested that game even while making it for more than two seconds and was like oh wow this sucks we should not (laughs) i feel like i feel like that's probably how a lot of people with disabilities feel when they try to play games and controllers aren't accessible to them 
where it's like <laughs> they've got to play with their feet or something like that. I feel like that that must be how they feel for like all the games. Okay, but if you can only play with your feet, what are you playing? I'm not saying you can't play games. Um, honestly, if I lost the use of my arms, I would still play games. Absolutely. Go look but up. Like, uh, go look up. I'm, no hands, Ken, on Twitch, and check it out sometime. He has no hands. I'm gonna um, check that out. Absolutely. And he plays Path of Exile. Yeah. See, that's weird to me. Yeah. There, there's like, some wild if, shit out if, there. Like they if, figure if, it if, out. If you were to tell me, like, I'm super into Final Fantasy or, like, Animal Crossing or Pokemon or something, I'd be like, you know what, yeah, I would, I would yeah, do that. Yeah, like, turn-based stuff but, makes sense. But then if you've got people that are like, yeah, I don't know, I do, like, fucking ranked Overwatch, and I'm like, F- how? And they're like, out there. <laughs> they really are. I I believe it. It's just, I, but just the yeah. concept of it is impressive, because I can't even imagine how. Well, and they've, they've got these new... Like Microsoft made those really, really good accessible controllers for people with disabilities um, where they're modular and the buttons can be like turntable sized. Um, So you can use them with your feet to push buttons, almost like a DDR pad. Or if you have, you know, maybe not a complete hand or part of a hand um, or you can use, you know, something to push the buttons, but you need a little bit bigger. They made a really, really awesome affordable controller. Um, Did they really? Yeah, it's really cool. It's like a hundred bucks. Um, and I was like, shit, I kind of just want one to play with. Um, but yeah, it's really, really cool. I would check that out. Um, Fucking good for them. That sounds great. Yeah, they're not all bad. So yeah, there's there's some interesting stuff out there. But yeah, like No Hands Ken, um, like I'm only aware of him now. Because he came into my stream one day when I was playing Path of Exile. And I, you know, I just kind of joked, like, you know, how people will be like, look, ma, no hands. That sort of thing was what I thought. Um, Like, as a joke of, like, look at me, I can play a game with no hands. Um, Or, like, face roll. You know, shit like that. And somebody else in stream was like, no, he he actually doesn't have hands. And I was like, oh, holy shit. (laughs) Like... I feel like, like getting some of that equipment would be really fun for a couple of streams. Yeah. Just like, yeah, come on by Saturday. I'm going to try to play with a controller that'll allow me to play this. I'll be using my feet. We're going to see how not equipped for this I am. Right. Oh, and there's totally <laughs> people that have done the games done quick thing. Like tons of them are doing blindfolded runs. Now people are playing games with guitar hero controllers with their feet. Like there's all kinds okay. of wild shit. Good. Guitar Hero controllers with your feet, I'm here for. 100%, I'll watch that. Blindfolded, get the fuck out of here. I don't know <laughs> what kind of wizardry you're doing, but shut the fuck up. No. So <laughs> so I, I was trying to figure out how they were doing it, and like they they explain it on some of the speed runs, and there's some pretty short ones if you ever want to check it out. Um, a lot of them are like Metal Gear Solid um, and stuff like that. And the way they do it is they will run into a corner so they know where they are. Or they run past a sound effect that happens and they know where they are. And they've just memorized all these different things so that they have ways to check their position using the movement of the character or the sound effects in the game. Um, Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, uh, it's fucking wild. Yeah, yeah. And they're pretty quick. Like, I want to say there's a Metal Gear Solid 3 or 2 or something like that. 
speedrun from the most recent games done quick they just did, and it was like 30 minutes or something. That is ridiculous. Yeah. It's fun to watch, too. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch of those. Like, that's become a very popular games done quick thing, and speedrun thing is the blindfold runs. Um, you know what I then... want to see? Uh, there was a, a guy that did, like, a parody video of people that play, like, Guitar Hero all the time and shit like that. Yeah. Uh, I think it was, like, was it Freddie Wong or something like that? I don't remember. But he did this whole thing where he was, like, playing Guitar Hero in hard mode while, like, on a bicycle or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to legitimately see people, like, get a couple of people on some of those exercise bikes while playing Guitar Hero on the hardest difficulty head-to-head. I want to see that shit. Right, see how fast they start pedaling at the hard part? Yeah. Um, No, there's an... I forget what the game was, but I also recently watched somebody beat a game with a DDR pad. Oh, I love watching people, (laughs) all the different ways people have figured out how to play Doom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you can play Doom in your car. uh, On your refrigerator. Yeah, your refrigerator. Your toaster. I I made a couple of controllers out of toasters, and it's like, what the fuck? (laughs) What's wrong with you people? (laughs) Did you ever stop and think, just because you can, it doesn't mean you should? I am excited. I think we're very close to being at the point where, with our technology where you could probably now play like Morrowind on your fridge and oh yeah that's that just that's exciting for possibilities give me one of those like uh what was it like the tiger electronics handhelds give me something oh, yeah. that size that only has Morrowind I want it yeah that would be pretty great <laughs> i mean that new steam deck thing is pretty cool too I need to look more into it, but everything the Steam comes out with is like, hey, do you like this and this? I'm like, oh, yeah. They're like, oh, we're going to fucking make it, and we're going to have accessible all your Steam games. I'm like, cool. How much does that cost? They're like, alone. Right. (laughs) Never mind that. No, it was was a couple hundred bucks. It was like like mid-console price, mid-tier console price. Um and it's basically just a streaming thing. Um, but yeah, it doesn't work with like every game. Like you're not going to want to play like Counter-Strike on it or something like that. But if you want to play like Stellaris or, um, you know, something that you'd play with a controller on Steam, then it's fine. Because that's totally basically agree. what it is. It's like it's basically a, a, it's a Nintendo Switch that plays your Steam library. So I gotta say, so I'm looking at the Steam Deck right now. I totally forgot about this thing. Um, I would love to like try it out before I buy it. Yeah, I, this is something I would really like to give a shot first. But those those two little sensor pads or whatever under the thumbsticks, mm-hmm. um, those are garbage. Yeah, I they are the biggest reason I hate. I have the Steam controller and I refuse to use it because it is a piece. Everybody of shit. hates that thing so much. It fucking sucks. Yeah. Um, and I like that they're like, well, it'll, it'll give you control so you can use it like a mouse or something. I'm like, no. Because playing games with a trackpad is great. Yeah. No. Like, at the very best, if it's for, like... Because they're probably just going to use it to navigate menus, to be 100% honest. Uh, if a game can't support me playing it without using the trackpad, then I'm not playing that game. Um, 
but just like do the switch thing and let me use the thumbsticks for everything pretty much but yeah i i would like you to watch that uh blindfold metal gear solid run and get your feedback on that i i think you'll be fascinated send me a link i want to i need to check that out that sounds retarded okay (laughs) it's it is really fantastic to watch um it's it's one of those things where it's like it's it's worse now that i understand how he was doing it because it's that crazy person level of figuring things out to be able to do it it's like you shouldn't have spent the time to do that like that's neat but why yeah Uh, but yeah all right man well let's wrap this up i gotta pee and i gotta get the kid to bed he's got school in the morning they haven't canceled it it's a two-hour delay so um but yeah thanks for uh hanging out and i'm anxious to uh do this again yeah we'll have to do i'll have to find some new things to try out and play all right man Um, well enjoy your evening and i'll talk to you tomorrow yep yeah enjoy your snow all right (laughs) later everybody later